When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome. You, you Let's do this again. Uh, let's start all over again. I love that you guys are saying Brooks <laughs> quiet, just like the Braves bats. Absolutely. You know, we were just trying to test your skills to read lips. And apparently you all passed with flying colors. And I like that you all stuck around too, because we had a, t- a quick moment of just some audio issues. Um, our audio was choking a little bit because uh, that's what seems to happen when people come into Philly the, the choke is on. Now, welcome to PHOY Philly's podcast. I'm Renee Washington. As you see, it is just me right now sitting in the comfy chairs. First of all, we haven't been in the studio in a while. We've added in the Red October banner. We haven't been sitting here for a minute. Um, it's, it feels like a long time. But my, my co-pilot, Jamie Lynch, is down at a family friend's wedding. So no Jamie today. And instead, we've got the great, the, the talented... Stats, numbers, all things Phillies, all things baseball. Producer Tyler Zuli is going to be joining me on the show today. Glad you guys can hear us because we've got plenty to get into. Woo! Hope you guys are feeling good after last night. It was it was a fun one. If anybody had a chance to join us for our watch party, thank you so much for being a part of that. I know we had Christy that was there. I know we had um, uh, Patrick Glenn and a whole bunch of folks that were able to join us for our live watch party. We are hoping to do more of those because that was so fun to be able to chat. We were talking about a little bit of everything. We talked about candy and movies. We talked about, of course, the Phillies. We talked about a lot of just random topics, and that gave us a chance to kind of be, even though virtual, virtually hanging together. So more watch parties uh, because the more the Phillies win, the more fun things we get to do, like our tailgate we had uh, for game three, our watch party we had for game four, our ticket giveaway we had for game three. The more the Phillies win, the more opportunities for us here at PHLY to connect with you guys and have some fun times, whether it's over the computer or in person. So if you're not following us yet, make sure you're following to keep up to date on all the things that we're going to be dropping around uh, fun, fun NLCS giveaways and opportunities. Now, Today, um, you know, this morning was a little rough waking up, Tyler. I don't know how you felt. How, how are you feeling right now? Yeah, do you ever <laughs> feel hungover without drinking? Yes. I had one, one singular, one beer yesterday. And I woke up this morning and I went, nope. And I, I rolled back over, put the, uh, put the snooze on. The next snooze, though, wasn't the alarm. It was the dog ah. standing over top of my face going, um, excuse me, um, when are we going outside? It's uh, it's nine oh four, and we go out at nine o'clock on the dot. What is happening here? Um, so it was a rough morning. I think for a lot of us, we all kind of struggled to get out of bed this morning. But it's a lot better than the alternative, which is getting out of bed with this series tied at two, going back to Atlanta. So I will happily struggle and need the caffeine this morning, knowing that the Phils are going back to the NLCS. 
Yeah, that's a great point you make. Um, we all were in agreement. We didn't want this series going to a game five down in Atlanta. So if we had to choose between being hungover with joy and excitement versus uh, being frustrated, yeah, we absolutely will take the hangover. I feel that too. I didn't even, I, I mean, we took a shot on the show last night post game. We definitely oh, that's also, right. we did do we that. We did take a shot okay, on the then, show last night. Then we had two drinks. There I'm you sorry. go. I forgot that shot. <laughs> I didn't forget that shot. We took a shot of some, uh, some gin. Um, and then also I did have like a truly that I was sipping on and babysitting the entire game. But yeah, Tyreek, you're saying you didn't feel like yourself this morning. Uh, hangover for a few of you. You're talking about Ryan. Yep. Flying solo. I'm flying. Well, I'm not flying solo. I'm flying with, Tyler Zuli, just uh, no Jamie today. John, you're saying you had four beers and a celebratory whiskey on a work night, went to bed at two, woke up at six for work, dragging in all the best ways. John, you're a real one. Respect. Respect. Because honestly, I woke up at like seven. I was actually supposed to work out today. Sorry to my trainer. I didn't make it, guys. I didn't make it. It just wasn't happening. I was just, I was excited. I was, I was all types of emotions, and I was still riding on the high of last night. Now, we are all still riding on the high of last night because when the Phillies won, there were so many iconic moments, historic moments, milestones that we passed. So not only did we beat the Braves, we beat the Braves in ways that uh, we made some Major League Baseball history. We talked about it on our post-game show yesterday. That's what made this that much sweeter when you're looking at a lot of these plays are cementing Phillies as the best in the top category. Uh, best to ever do it. Uh, David Dore, you're saying you stayed up way too late watching all the post-game stuff and you're definitely paying for it now. That was me. I was definitely home in a, at a... I was home around like 12, 31 in the morning and I was still in bed, like scrolling through my phone, reliving all the moments because I just didn't want it to end. Yeah. I struggled. Um, <laughs> I struggled to go to bed yesterday. That was, that was the weird thing. Cause oh, we were yeah. here all day, right? We did the, the pregame. You, me and Jamie went out to get a bite to eat. We went and watched the game. We did the live stream. We were on the air for like five hours yesterday. We were. And not listen, not that we're doing rocket, you know, rocket science or brain surgery or anything like that, but we were here for quite some time. I thought I would get home. And head hits the pillow, done. And I tried to go to sleep. And then I found myself back on Twitter. And I tried to go to sleep. And I found myself <laughs> back on Twitter. And I finally fell asleep. And then it's one of those nights where the, you fall asleep and the, immediately the alarm goes off. Yep. And, and yep. It, again, in the best way possible. Because I, I know you probably were doing it. I know Jamie does it because he's like a fiend for this social <laughs> media stuff. Where I was watching seven angles of Castellanos's home run. I'm watching Kimbrel high leverage situations. I'm watching Rob Thompson, who we go, what the hell are you doing? Matt Strom, Soto. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then you go, oh, okay. okay. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. But I, I mean, I think a lot of us were sitting watching, doing the same thing. And I, we we're all paying for it this morning. Oh, yes. But it's Friday and you're all off on uh, tomorrow. You got like four hours of work left. Maybe. That's a great point. The beauty of all this, happy Friday the 13th for anybody that believes in the whole Friday the 13th superstitions. Hopefully you're watching some uh, Jason movies today and Friday the 13th at Camp Crystal Lake. But it's a great time as we have the weekend. Like not only is this exciting to be able to have a chance to wake up today knowing we're headed to the NLCS, but now we get our weekend stress-free. All of us were definitely stressing last night. Mike, you're saying you worked the Phillies game. You got home around 1 a.m. You're back up at 5.30 a.m. Commitment. 
love that. We're all dragging a little bit today. We're all, you know, a little bit, whether it's the actual liquor hangover or just the NLDS hangover, we're all feeling a little bit because it was such a roller coaster ride. It was a little bit of both. <laughs> Could be a little bit of both. It was such a roller coaster ride of just a game four because we all know what was at stake. You don't want the series to go back to Atlanta and to see. Nick Castellanos hit back-to-back homers um, two games in a row, making Major League Baseball history doing that. Trey Turner making history, seeing Ranger. You know, we'll get into the numbers in a moment. All of that made it so much sweeter that you couldn't go to bed. You were still kind of wound up. John, you're saying you couldn't stop refreshing Twitter either. Agreed. You're just, like, constantly refreshing. Not only were we refreshing, reliving the exciting Phillies moment, but I'm sure a lot of you, like myself and Tyler, I'm sure you're doing the same thing. I enjoyed refreshing watching the Braves. There's nothing more satisfying than beating a team on the diamond and mentally too. And when you watch them unraveling the way that the Braves did and got tons of things to share with you guys around that because I've been taking all the receipts, uh, that's what made it that much sweeter. Victory is one thing, but victory when you know you just beat a team down to the point that they're doing foolishness, they're leaving the clubhouse without doing any interviews, they're in the dugout throwing tantrums, they're fighting with fans. We love to see it because we got you. We got you back-to-back years. History repeats itself. The Phillies defeat the Braves 3-1 in, a, in the NLDS for back-to-back years. Close out at Citizens Bank Park. And uh, it couldn't be any sweeter than that. So I know it was definitely tough waking up today. But also it was much more encouraging knowing it's all worth it. If you talk about Mike, we get today, Friday the 13th. We'll be done early, guys. Then Saturday, you get to watch college football. Sunday, we're watching the birds. We also have the Flyers getting started. Uh, Their home openers coming up on Tuesday. It's a great time in Philly sports right now. So it makes it that much sweeter. I know we talked about the fact that Bryce Harper is celebrating a birthday on Monday. Uh, We all get to enjoy our weekends, just like the Phillies get to enjoy their weekends. So that part of it makes it even sweeter that we had a chance to be able to Close out, take care of business. We're not dragging us on. We don't have to be up all night tonight, nervous about tomorrow, because there is no tomorrow for the Braves. <laughs> Just for the Phillies. Mwah, mwah, mwah. You, know, you, ta- you, you talk about that, the, the nonsense, oh, right? Yeah. And, and I don't buy into it a lot of times. Like, I'm win the game, lose the game on the field. Whatever you want to use as bulletin board material is fine yeah. with me, because... You know, whatever gives you a competitive advantage in, in your field, in your game, and whatever, you could be an accountant. Whatever gives you a yep. competitive advantage, go for it, right? But this one stood out to me. You sent me this yesterday, and uh, I think we have to talk about this one. <laughs> this is bad. This is really, really bad. This is a player, by the way. I know a lot of people in, in this city don't like Ronald Acuna Jr. This guy's a freaking sensation. He is one of the five best players in baseball. He is a the, the what was it first of 4070 across mm-hmm. Major League Baseball. The guy is going to be an MVP candidate. He's probably going to win the MVP this year. He's an MVP candidate for the next decade. Yep. He's uh, an elite offensive threat no matter where you put him in the lineup whether he's hitting one, he's hitting threes, <laughs> whatever. He's a threat. This is this is bad. Well, this is the epitome of what the Braves have struggled with. And I know, Ryan, you're saying Philly Muse on Twitter has the best end of season credits. Philly Muse always has such great content. I love I love following everything that they post. And John, you're talking about Acuna leaving with no interviews and a, and a no habla was serious loser energy. It started during the game, though, before even the, the post-game interview loser stuff. That screenshot that Tyler just showed you. That's during the game. Shout out to Jake Krause um, at Jake Krause MLB who posted this image and said Ronald Acuna Jr. was showing the iPad to the TBS broadcast out of the break and saying not a strike. 
That is the level of pettiness that I strive to reach. I don't strive to reach that level of petty. That's a real level of petty because you are in the game. I don't know which moment this happened. In. Oh, I do. Um, it was still pretty early in the game because if you also look closely, Tyler, if you can flash that image back up there, because there's also in that same screenshot at the very bottom, it's saying the first inning for Ronald, who had 47 home runs, setting that Major League Baseball record in the NLDS in yellow, you can see two hits, two singles. So what makes this moment even more petty and childish and loser mentality is the fact that you're showing the iPad to a cameraman when you have two hits and two singles in the NLDS and have been struggling. We talked about the struggles and we're going to get into the struggles of the Braves top four hitters because what makes it worse is you're not performing on the field. Nobody is out there causing you to have bad at bats. Nobody is out there keeping you from scoring runs and, and, and not getting hits. It's you, Ronald. It's you, Atlanta. And for you to be sitting up that petty that you're showing, oh, the ump should have called it differently. It's, it's not a strike. Who cares? How many times do we talk about the inconsistencies of the calls, the strike zone all over the place? We've talked about it on the show. You've all talked about it as well. We've talked about it off the show. It's part of the, it's part of the game. Tell me a sport where the officials get it right every time. I'm waiting. Still waiting. Exactly. I, and I don't disagree with you, but the yeah. only the only thing that I would I would add to that with baseball is baseball umpires, maybe it's because I scrutinize them more, maybe it's because I I'm locked into them more, but baseball umpires to me seem to be the group of umpires that want to make it the Angel Hernandez show, that yeah. want to make it the uh, Jim Joyce show that want to make the thing the, the, what I'm trying to get at is like the umpiring across Major League Baseball ha, it, it seems to be at an all-time low yeah now you've got some really good ones Pat Hoberg's been really awesome this year he's been really he called a perfect game in the World Series last year as an umpire it's there's a lot of really good ones but the bad ones continue to overshadow good umpires and but the thing is, looking at last night and looking at this series, there were some bad umpires. There's some bad behind the dish for sure. calls for sure. But the one thing I will say, I believe for the most part they were fairly consistently bad, and that's not great. Like that's like mm -hmm. pick your poison, choose your evil. But I would I would rather be able to live and die with the fact that this umpire has been bad for both sides consistently, whether they're. You know, they're calling the high strike. They're not calling the low strike. They're giving you the outer black, but not giving you the inside corner. Whatever yep. the case may be, if you're going to be consistent with me, uh, your team will, your team can adjust. Well, inconsistencies happen all the time when it comes to umps. And uh, I know, welcome, Opar. Nice to have you here. Um, Chris and, and John, you're weighing in on it. You know, um, once Freddie and Dansby left, there are no leaders on that team. You can see the lack of leadership across the Braves. And, and you know what? We're not – I know we're talking about the Braves, but it's just we got to recap the NLDS. Um, we don't care about the Braves either. It's just so crazy to me that you're continuing to see these things come out. And for Ronald Acuna Jr., I believe – do you have just the stats from last night's game or the whole NLDS? Well, it's not just Ronald Acuna. I know, but do you have the top four for last night or the – The entire okay. series. So let me just – let's just take a look. I want to talk to you guys about last night specifically, the stats. Ronald, Ronald Acuna Jr., you have all the pettiness during the game, after the game. In your four at-bats, zero runs, zero hits – Ozzy Albies, in your four at-bats, zero runs, zero hits. Austin Riley, the only consistency, actually, among their top four, did, get, did score a run, did have two hits. Matt Olson, zero runs you score, you did get a hit. I mean, across their batting order, your heavy hitters did not step up. 
your big name so-called leaders did not step up as you guys are talking about. And we've seen the lack of leadership. We've seen the lack of accountability. And, and we were just better in all aspects from leadership to pitching to at bats to just being a team, to be honest. At this point in the season, it doesn't matter what record you sent. It doesn't matter what your regular season looks like. It's about who's the better team. And in the past four games, aside from two innings, the Phillies were the better team. That's what it comes down to. You can't argue the inconsistencies or who leaked what or whatever crap you want to come out of because at the end of the day, when your name was called and you're Acuna or Albies and you're up to bat, whose fault is that? Four times. Four times. Not, okay, maybe one time you believe that it was in a strike and you, you know, it was wrong. Four times you're at bat and got goose eggs across the board for your stats. The only stat is that you actually, if it weren't for your four at bats, we wouldn't even have known they were at the game because they have zeros, straight zeros across the board. So you can't have excuses. I would actually understand if the Braves had played well, scored runs, and it was like a close game. And obviously 3-1 is close, but you know what I mean? A close back and forth game, and then you lose with like a call. We've seen those games. You lose with a call at the end. That really just changes the whole result. You didn't show up. You got held scoreless game one. You should have lost game two if it weren't for those two innings. And then games three and four, you collectively scored three total runs. And it's literally Austin Riley and Travis Little Diarno that were the guys that helped lift his team. Across their top of the batting order, it wasn't any of their leaders. So, yes, as you guys are uh, talking about, go go drink away Atlanta's tears to excess. Like, it's just ridiculous that they were bad in all facets of the game from their mentality it wasn't just baseball specifically it was the mentality it was the loser mentality i should say it was them already being showing signs of defeat we talked about it in our post game show ridiculous that orlando arcia is was arguing that the fans were heckling him in the dugout it's the first of all you're you're grown ass men how are we complaining that people are heckling you we're not talking about youth soccer, youth, youth baseball, or t-ball, and people are heck. We're talking about Major League Baseball. You're supposed to be the best in the world. The Braves have all these records to claim they're the best in the world, and then you're complaining because fans are heckling you? Are we supposed to be patting you on the back and saying, it's okay, we don't like you, but we'll still cheer for you? It just makes zero sense to me, Tyler, that we're even having this conversation. And then after that, as you guys talked on the chat, then Acuna Noabla, not speaking to anybody post-game, gets his bags, leaves the, the clubhouse, wants nothing to say. Accountability. How many times have we seen teams lose when they're supposed to win, get upset, and the, at the very least will come out and say something like, the Phillies were the better team today. You know, we're disappointed that we didn't get the result, but we'll come back. We'll revisit this and we'll be better next time. That's all you have to say. That's literally all you have to say. I've been in those interviews on both sides of the, of the microphone. Literally all you have to say is, it wasn't our day. You know, this postseason, we didn't perform well. I've got the answers for you guys here. If you need, if you need some notes, take notes. It wasn't our series. We didn't do well. It started game one. We never re really recovered. Weren't able to, able to make it a, a closer series. Disappointing end to the season after having a historic regular season. But don't worry, we'll be back. This right now is screaming, you won't be back. There is tension in the clubhouse, and we're going to sit back and watch all the tea unfold. So in the chat, you guys are roasting too. John, you're saying the Arcia reaction, legit unhinged, out of control. Arcia is broken, Chris. Could not agree with you more. 
all Topper does is win, 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 no matter. All we do is win, 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 no matter what. All Atlanta does is whine, 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 no matter what. <laughs> um, and Mopar, you're saying, oh, I already read that. Whoops. And um, same thing, essentially. You guys are all saying the same things. But it's just ridiculous. There's so many politically correct things, Tyler, that they could say, and they decided to go with that. That's what they're, that's what they're doing. That's what they're saying. That's how they're acting. Disgusting. Yeah, maybe I'm just an idiot, which I, you could probably just stop the sentence right there. Maybe you're an idiot, Tyler, and that would probably probably be applicable to most things. But I look at this Braves team and I see comments, right? Braves are a hateable bunch. I hate the Braves. The Braves hate us, blah, blah, blah. And, and up until probably 72 hours ago, I was vehemently disagreeing with everybody that brought that comment mm. to, the, to the fold. And it's not because I don't hate the franchise, right? I hate the, the, it's a division rival. I don't like the franchise. I don't like the fan base. Um, but the one thing about this team that made them hard to hate as players was a collective group of really, really incredible young talent that the Braves have done a really nice job of assembling, right? The, the franchise has run well. Alex Anthopoulos has been a really good GM for this team over the last half decade. Specifically, you, you're able to get talents, you know, of internationally like Acuna and like Albies. You're able to make trades with, you know, un, unhinged, awful franchises like the Oakland A's, where you get Matt Olson for cheap, you get Sean Murphy for cheap, you uh, you you bring up Austin Riley, Freddie Freeman walks, and you don't have you don't miss a beat because of Matt Olson. Mm -hmm. You continually promote young talent like Michael Harris, who is a legit star in the making. Spencer Strider, as much as we hate him, is a darn good pitcher. This team for 162 games this season was hard to hate because of the collection of talent. And in the span of 72 hours, it unraveled oh, yeah. because of the actions and the comments and the mindset that the team put forth. And I know people are going to go, why are you defending the Braves, Tyler? This is a Phillies podcast. And I don't want to, I'm not defending the actions of the last 72 hours. It's more me coming around on the idea that you all were right. And I probably was, was mm -hmm. incorrect. Maybe not incorrect, but I looked at it from the wrong lens. Well, nobody expected the fact that the, the Braves being one of three teams that had over 100 wins uh, would be out at this point and, and out the way that they were out, except for us in, in Philly. You know, we were the only team that knew the Braves don't want to match up against the Phillies in the NLDS, and this is why. Um, after having 104 wins in the regular season, the Orioles obviously with 101, the Dodgers with 100 wins, they're all, they're all sitting at home. They're all heading to go down fishing or down a vacation sooner than many people would have expected, except for us here in Philly, because we knew what this roster could bring, and we knew how we matched up with the Braves. And it is crazy just to see how fast it happened. I wouldn't have anticipated it to happen the way that it did. I always believed that the Phillies were going to win in four. I know Jamie said five. Tyler, you were saying it was going five, and then possibly you weren't sure who. I said you were saying the five. Braves are going to win in five. I mean, the hard part is, the, I mean, the crazy part is nobody expected it to happen the way that it did. But that just to me is a testament of how good this Phillies team is. That not only did they beat the Braves, they beat the Braves in every aspect. I mean, the Braves were literally crapping their pants running out of here, just completely defeated. And when you can beat it, I, I, I remember there was like a quote. It's like, you don't only want to beat a team for that game. You want to beat them for the next game, that they're still dealing with it in their next games. Obviously, the Braves don't have any other games. Their season's over. But essentially, the Phillies have defeated them much, much bigger than just this four-series stretch. They've defeated them that they're going into the offseason really scratching their head, really unhappy because it's back-to-back -back seasons 
where you quote unquote undelivered and were, uh, were upset. So when you look at the way that they performed, I know we've talked a lot about the uh, top of the batting order for the Braves just completely choking outside of Riley. Well, a big testament of that is the way that the bullpen was pitching for the Phillies. Ranger Suarez getting things started um, in game one. Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola getting the starts game two and three. Ranger Suarez again game four. Suarez with 1.16 career ERA in postseason games. Seven postseason games. And yesterday in those five innings pitch, gave up just three hits and one run and had a pair of strikeouts. And this is why... It doesn't matter who's at the mound. Was it Suarez? Was it Kimbrell? Was it Soto? Orion in game three? Doesn't, didn't matter who's at the mound because look at the numbers that the Braves had across this series. It's remarkable. And it's not just about the Braves choking. It's also about, the, it's more about, I should say, the Phillies stepping up that regardless which pitcher was pitching, we all were nervous. Matt Strom's there. Oh, no. Soto, oh, no. We wanted Jose Alvarado on the mound longer. And then, of course, unfortunately, he struggled a bit in game four. We were all nervous because we were seeing who's warming up in the bullpen. But it, for our pitchers, for our relievers especially, our closers, they had no fear stepping up to get big plays and to keep the Braves from getting hits, honestly. Tyler, I know you've got the graphic. Talk us through it. Yeah, I gotta. first off, I got to give Rob Thompson a lot of credit. We, we joked at the beginning yes. of the show, it's like, you know, as the, the bullpen's unfolding and you you get to the, the seventh inning, you get to the eighth inning, and you, you start to look at who's left as the bullpen gets lonelier and lonelier, and you go, okay, it's not Walker, he's not pitching. It's not Sanchez, he's not pitching. It's probably not Lorenzen, he's not pitching. So your options at this point boil down to Soto, Hoffman, and Strom. Mm-hmm. And Hoffman has been a high-leverage guy all year, so something tells me maybe he wasn't ready to pitch today. Um for whatever or yesterday wasn't ready to pitch yesterday so he was unavailable uh for whatever reason it might be i have to give a lot of credit to rob thompson because one of the things that i'm a big proponent of in playoff baseball specifically is the most important out is the out in front of you yep because if you are worried about and i understand the the craig kimbrell thing non-save non-ninth inning is it's a wormhole in and of itself to get into. But if you are not able to get to the the Craig Kimbrell ninth because you've fallen behind, mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter anyway. So the outs in front of you are the leverage outs that you need to get. And in the biggest spots, Rob Thompson was comfortable going to Jose Alvarado earlier than he normally does, going to Craig Kimbrell earlier than he normally does, feeling it out and allowing Strom to pitch to right-handed hitters at the at the, in the you know the ninth inning because that's what he had left, yep. and he used every bullet in the chamber, and he made good on just about every shot that he called, and because of that, you're looking instead of as a game five where maybe the Braves rally and then we're going oh boy mm-hmm. here we go you're looking at an, an NLCS appearance for the second consecutive year. The leverage spots are massive, especially when you're facing a lineup as potent and as powerful as this Braves team is, who all they do is hit. You and I talked about it yesterday. You and Jamie were chatting about how it always feels like there's a big-time hitter at the plate for the Braves in the key crucial moments, the high-leverage spots. And it's not because Matt Olson's always at the plate or Ronald Acuna's always right. at the plate. It's because they have seven guys who are <laughs> high-leverage hitters. You know, you send Michael Harris to the plate and you go, Man. this kid won Rookie of the Year and he's hitting either sixth or ninth. You know, he won, won the Rookie of the Year last year. He's buried in their, their batting order. Sean Murphy was an acquisition who I think was a really good low-key move for them because they he and Darno pair well together. Mm-hmm. The fact that you were able to use your leverage guys in spots that they're not used to and they come through for you, it's critical and paramount to winning a World Series. Rob Thompson, uh, twice in four games, called every shot correctly. 
every single shot. And I know you guys in the chat are jumping in. Um, yeah, in the grand scheme of it, Mike, I agree with you. We should have swept the Braves. It was two innings that kept us from being a sweep. We shouldn't even have had a game Thursday night um, because that, without a doubt, was our series that we were dominant in every single inning outside of, of two innings. And that's what kept us going to four. Can you scroll up a little bit, though, actually? Because there's something else Mike said that I wanted to, to jump in on a little bit more. Um, yeah, the Braves have won the NL East for years, but only two series since 1995. I know we talked a lot about the numbers of the Phillies' success in the postseason, especially at home, versus the Braves' drop-off in the postseason, especially anywhere they play. So, uh, you know, it's it just is telling that the Phillies are always have been built for the postseason the last two seasons. They've had a, a team that no matter who steps up um, out of the bullpen, you might be nervous, but you only gave up five hits yesterday. Five hits across the six different pitchers that we saw take the mountain for the Phillies. And there was a moment, top of the seventh, bases were loaded, Ronald Acuna Jr. was up, and we got nervous. Because in that moment, it was like, holy crap, this could definitely open the game right up. And it was Johan Rojas that made that huge play in center field that, uh, ended, the, that ended, ended it for the, for the Braves. That was their best chance that, that we saw. And then from there, they were, they were scrambling even more. I mean, it, it doesn't matter who it is across the Phillies. The Phillies absolutely have the Braves number, but honestly are the, the best team in baseball right now. It's not just about them having the Braves number. It's about the fact that the Phillies are the best team in baseball right now. And the numbers don't lie. Uh, you want to flash that graphic up of the yeah. Braves. And then we're moving on from the Braves shortly because we've talked enough about them. And they're done, and it's time for us to be done talking about them. Everyday, by the way, when you, when you mentioned the Phillies potentially being the best team in baseball left, I don't know if you want to say the best team, but clearly one of the hottest teams. The reality of the situation is at least three of the four remaining teams in the playoffs yep. are probably the three hottest teams in baseball. The Phillies, the Diamondbacks, the Texas Rangers have all been playing some insanely hot baseball. And it's funny, too, because the Diamondbacks and the Rangers looked like they were starting to falter down the stretch. The Rangers mm -hmm. had an eight-and-a-half game lead in the West and let it slip away. The Astros win the division, and the Rangers have looked really good. And there's a collision course between two AL West teams and the two hottest teams in the National League. This is... Yes. It, it, numerically, it's not the four best teams, but it might be the four hottest teams. Yep. And and this is exactly what the Phillies have the ability to do to you. Look across these numbers. I mean, in their at-bats, collectively, they hit significantly less than, than 50% of their at-bats. Home runs, two. RBIs, one. Um, I mean, technically, you know, home runs, whatever, whatever. Four total RBIs. Um, but this is the quote unquote best offense, not only in major league baseball, but in history. And this is what the Phillies were able to do to them across the four games of the NLDS. So when you're wondering why the Phillies are spiraling out of control, when you're wondering why people are complaining that the Phillies are celebrating at Xfinity, because they're wondering, wait a minute, why are they celebrating? Like they just won the world series. They just won the NLDS. The Phillies are a team there. The team is locked in right now. And I love the fact that, after they clinched, after they finished out uh, the, the, the first, the wild card round, after they finished out the NLDS, the Phillies have been celebrating as if they won the World Series. Because anybody can tell you when they are done playing sports, and as a retired, washed up former athlete myself, those are the moments that you look back on and you have the biggest memories of dancing on your own. Uh, Kalem Scott's birthday. Is it Kalem or Callum? Kalem? 
Is it Callum Scott? Sure. I don't know, actually. I don't know how to say his name because I always just see it written. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know. The, the, the person who created Dancing on My Own, okay? You know how you felt <laughs> last night when Jamie was talking about all the pop culture references? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know his name, but here we go. Uh, Scott, Mr. Scott, who's who created... Sir Scott. Sir Scott, I should say, because he is from the UK. Sir Scott's birthday was October 12th, yesterday. So not only did this team close out, they're dancing on their own, blasting Mr. Scott, Sir Scott's song, but they're they're celebrating in the clubhouse. They're celebrating at Xfinity with fans. That's something that is so special to be able to have that community aspect that fans are celebrating with the Phillies. It doesn't matter if it's just the NLDS. There's no guarantee that you're going to get to the World Series. We all feel like the, the Phillies should absolutely get back to the World Series, but you have to take every opportunity to be able to celebrate the moments. Scott created the original version, guys. We know Robin... Where Robin created the I think Robin did the original. Robin was the original. Scott was the remix. Scott has one of the versions. Okay. But it's just fitting that his birthday was yesterday. That's the whole point of why I said it, guys. Bear with me here. Bear with me. Renee has so, a version too. It's on our MySpace. <laughs> it's on my MySpace, exactly. It's in my my playlist on you gotta, my MySpace. You gotta be a top eight though. <laughs> the point is, it's not about Kalen Scott. It's about or Robin. It's about the fact that this team continues to celebrate these moments because you don't know when it's gonna be your your last chance. I hate to say it like that, but it's the truth. You don't there's there's nothing promised. Nobody expected every single top team coming into the playoffs to be done after the NLDS and ALDS. But here we are. You know, a lot of people didn't expect for the Diamondbacks to, to knock off the Dodgers or for the Orioles to lose. But here we are. So for the Phillies, I'm, I'm all for you celebrating these moments. And for anybody that's in the comments of those videos that have been going out of them celebrating at Xfinity with their fans, it's a packed house at, at Xfinity. You're a loser quite frankly, because you don't understand it's, it's bigger. It's bigger than sports. This is about a city being able to rally around the, their team right now, celebrating together and having that moment. So I've been enjoying all these moments. Um, some other moments that I've enjoyed, Tyler, is the fact that the Phillies continue to make history. So in seven postseason games against Atlanta, Bryce Harper has a 1.697 OPS, the second best mark by any player against a single team in postseason history. And um, again, oh, postseason. Is that all? that's all, that's you know, all. just postseason history. No big deal. No big deal. Um, Barry Bonds had a one nine nine four OPS against the Angels in 0-2. Oh, this one is of the greatest Todd hitters Blackie. to ever walk the so, planet. Uh, okay. Barry Bonds, Bryce Harper, right there together, you know. Then also on top of that, we talked about the success of the postseason at Citizens Bank Park. 26 and 11 in the postseason at in home games. That's the best postseason record in history for any team in their home venue in a, across a minimum of 20 games. So again, history, not only history for our individual talents, but history for our team as a whole. And then on top of that, Trey Turner made history as well. Went four for four in game four. Four for four in game four. A lot of fours there. Uh, had a home run in RBI. And with that, Trey Turner became the first player in Philadelphia Phillies history to have four hits in a postseason game. Now, Trey Turner did enter um, into this game 0 for 17 against Spencer Strider and then went on to get the first three hits against Spencer Strider. Of course, one on a half, four straight hits, including that homer. So history, 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 history in the making that we are watching. Not only we're watching them winning, we're watching them re set break records, set new records. So I don't know how you dislike this team. Unless you're a hater, and that's what actually some people have been saying on Twitter. Like, that's I want to like this team, but I'm a hater. And that's okay, because it's hard to be the team at the top and have people that not everyone's going to like you. We, we understand that. So, uh, Mike, yes, this Phillies team is built to win. 
Um, John, you're saying Harper just missed one last night. Yeah, he got a little bit under it too much. That one he could have went yard on, and he knew it. We all knew it. As soon as it hit the bat, we were like, ooh. And then we all saw he his response was everybody's response, like, ah, let one get away. But continue to hit that like button. Continue to add the comments in because we've got more to talk about. But first, let me tell you guys about FOCO. FOCO is the place that as we're continuing to move to the postseason, continuing to cheer on the Phillies, continuing to cheer on any of our teams, FOCO's got all types of merchandise, apparel, overalls, collectibles, bobbleheads, you name it, bracelets. They've got it at FOCO. You can use that code PHLY, get 10% off of your purchase to be able to rock the coolest gear to support your all of our teams as we are moving on into the season. We've got the Flyers home opener coming up. The Flyers actually won their season opener. The Phillies are moving into the NLCS. The Eagles are still unbeaten, ready to take uh ready to go to 6 and 0. And then of course the Sixers are Sixering. And the Union have an international break before they return back to action for their final regular season game. It's a great time to be a Philly sports fan. It's a great time to be a Philly sports fan, guys. So Foco, got you covered. Now um Tyler it's a great time to be a Philly sports fan. Not so great to be a fan of some other teams, though. <laughs> and as let, let's take a quick look around the rest oh, of the start league. Start naming names. Yeah, let's let's name some names. When you look around the league, um, you know we've got the updated bracket for you guys. Final four, baby. Final four. Ha, I love when we get to this moment and you're you're just winding down. Of course, the Diamondbacks, Phillies, and on the other side, Texas, Houston. Um, the Diamondbacks, we'll, we'll, we'll get into them a little bit more too. But that Texas-Houston game will be, uh, the series will be starting off Sunday night. And the Astros, Justin Verlander leading things off for them. Looks like he's going to be getting the start game one against the Rangers. Um, ah, so sick of those those. Astros, Tyler. It, it, it's another one. It's another <laughs> team that uh, I, outside Damn. of the nonsense, right? We know what happened yeah. with the bag in the trash cans and, and whatnot. But maybe I just revel in good baseball. Maybe that's just the, <sighs> may, maybe I'm, I'm such a baseball sicko that I'm sitting here and going, oh, I can look past that. Not look past the cheating, but look past like everybody else hates that team. That's how I felt about the Braves for 162 plus games. That's how I felt about the the Astros last year, where I would watch the Astros post banging on trash cans, stealing signs. By the way, I know we're not going to get down the rabbit hole, but everybody steals signs. They just got caught. Um, the the post that um, there was something about that Astros team last year that up until they beat the Phillies in the World Series was it was they were fun to watch they were good they're a good baseball team and it's another one just like the Braves where they were churning out young talent right they did the whole miserable you know knock it down to the studs rebuild and you end up with Altuve you end up with Bregman you you have Correa and Correa leaves and and Jeremy Pena fills the role at shortstop you know seamlessly you go and and out of off the IL scrap heap you get Michael Brantley and you just say hey we've got enough talent to let mm -hmm. this guy sit around until he's healthy you have a team that if you uh, this is a big if uh, if you took away the 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 stuff a couple years ago people would look at this team and go it's one of the greatest teams ever ever assembled. Seven consecutive championship series. I think it's four World Series appearances. Uh, maybe maybe five. five. I think five World Series appearances yeah. and two World Series titles. It's impressive. I mean, it, it is objectively impressive. Now, you want to say you hate them, you're tired of looking at them. It's fair. It's like watching, you know, the 90s Bulls and the 2000s yeah. Lakers and the Yankees forever. I get it. But if you're objectively stripping it down and, and forgetting about the, the nonsense for a second, it's a damn good baseball team. 
Yeah, I mean, they've been in the postseason uh, 17 times. Now, they, as you talk about, those five World Series appearances all dating back to 2005, so you do the math, less than 20 years that that's happened, around two decades that they've been in. That's like one every four, essentially. Um, of course, back-to-back years in 2021, 2022, one in 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hopefully the Houston Astros, I mean, whatever happens on, with the ALCS, we'll keep an eye on it. Um, whoever comes out of that, be ready to face the Phillies because, uh, yeah, Jose, you're saying you've been a fan of the Phillies since the early 70s. The Phillies are no stranger to postseason games. That is correct. We've been here before, and now it's time to get past the Diamondbacks. Um, Mike, you're saying that the Phillies have had a, a bad taste in their mouth last year. since last year. Definitely we're not complacent, ready for a rematch, ready to just get back to the World Series and win it, to be honest. And overall, this team was not complacent when just reaching the World Series. It was not enough to just say, oh, we got there. Once you get there, they knew they should be there. There were a lot of people that had them as underdogs, and we weren't expecting them because they barely made it into the playoffs to begin with. But the Phillies have consistently known, just like we all know, the talent that they have in their clubhouse. And so the the argument of just getting to the World Series versus winning it, hands down, got to win it. It's not enough to just get there. Um, I know there were some comments about the other six, uh, Philadelphia sports athletes that were in attendance. Fletcher Cox is the reason why the Eagles have continuously been a, a top team in this city that we all love and that we can rely on to be consistent because Fletcher Cox in the clubhouse is why the Eagles are so good also. Much like the Phillies, the Eagles and the Phillies get it. They are bought in. They are city first. They are team first. They're all about the fans. And you saw Fletcher Cox in the clubhouse celebrating with the Phillies. We also saw on the other side, Joel Embiid, unfortunately, left in the seventh inning. Tyrese Maxey. Don't know what Tyrese Maxey was doing on his phone there. But he looked, looked bored. Looked a little I mean, he, bored. He did yeah, look bored. Somebody said he looked a little bored, to be honest. That's the difference, guys, of the Eagles and the Sixers. Flyers and the Sixers. There it is. In a bullpen. In a, in a nutshell. So, uh... We're gonna. This is not the Sixers show. We're not gonna. We're not gonna continue to go down that rabbit no, hole. No, they're down the hall. They, they, we could they talk put about that for a very today. long time. Now, another thing we can talk about is that there's plenty of games coming up, and you can check out the Game Time app to be able to purchase tickets to any concerts or games if you want to go attend. Game Time app is the place to do it. They have postseason games on there as well. I keep getting the updates from them and the notifications about buying tickets. Well, you can buy some tickets. Use that code PHLY, get $20 off of your purchase, and be able to purchase tickets at the Game Time app. I also want to take this quick moment. I know we've talked about it in our post-game show and pre-game show to remind you guys of two things. One is the fact that we have some merch you can buy. Some great shirts. They've been in the bottom corner of, of our show this entire time. For those of you guys that are listening on podcast platforms, we've got the Boy Harper shirt. You can buy these right on our locker room. It's PHLY locker room on our website that you're able to buy any of our merch if you want these, if you want our other PHLY shirts that we have there. We will have more merch that we're going to be adding. If you have any suggestions also, let us know. If there's something that you want to see on a shirt or on a hat or on a hoodie, let us know. We can always uh, get that put together for you. But we did release this after the Attaboy Harper comments and then Harper going out and hitting a pair of homers. Had to drop our very own Attaboy Harper shirt for you guys to be able to buy. And then uh, speaking of two things, here's a number two for you. Us. We are the number two podcast across U.S., the entire U.S. of A., so the entire nation, we are the number two baseball podcast. And that is a huge thank you to you guys for being able to support us consistently. We have only had PHLY Phillies podcast up and running for one month. You do the math. One month officially as of the 12th, because our first show was September 12th. 
that we have been up and running shows. And in one month, you guys have helped us catapult to the number two spot in baseball podcasts across the entire country. So just want to give you guys a round of applause for supporting us, continuing to tune in to us, subscribe and like. If you haven't already, hit that like button, though, while you're at it. Um, following us on social media, joining into our PHOI family, and allowing us to continue to have these conversations um, and just reach more people, which is always fun to see. So thank you, guys. One month, and we are number two. We're coming for that number one spot. As Luda says, I'm coming for that number one spot. Listen, <laughs> the, the show that's in front of us, if it's the one that I still think it is, it's a darn good baseball show. It is a very good baseball show. We, it got, is very good. If, if we top that show, you know we've made it. Listen. You know we're doing something if right. If you guys want the official list show. of the great company that we are in, don't worry, I've got, I keep receipts I have everything, and that is included. You are a, you definitely, a, you love the receipts. I do, I do. I won't go as far as say I have a folder of it. I do have friends that have an actual receipts folder that's more for their dating, <laughs> you know, receipts, but in general, I keep receipts. Are you so, friends with Taylor Swift? <laughs> Maybe number five, the number five podcast across baseball podcast in the United States of America on base with Mookie Betts for Bleacher Report. Oh, number okay. five. We, we passed Mookie. Okay. Number four, DraftKings Baseball is Dead podcast. These are all great podcasts, by the way. No knock on them. CBS Sports at number three with their nothing personal with David Sampson. Then us sitting at number two and number one. Talking baseball, John Boy Media. Yeah, it's a pretty large one. It's a, it's a pretty, yeah. it's a pretty good podcast. All great podcasts. We're right um, behind that's them. That's the Major League Baseball not gonna, podcast. Not going to complain. Yeah, we're in great company. We're up there with the best of the best. Thank you guys. I see cheers and congratulations. Daily content's definitely not easy, John. And uh, appreciate you guys for appreciating us and uh, camaraderie with the athletes in Philly with all the love and support. Yes, that's always huge too, for sure. We've got more. Thank you, Corey. Ring the bell. Yes, we've got more to talk about because um, the NLCS is coming up. And although we have the weekend to breathe, cheer on the birds, watch college football, and just kind of relax. We also know that the Diamondbacks are uh, the team that we're facing. We saw the Diamondbacks celebrate and hopping into their pool. Citizens Bank Park doesn't need a pool for our fans. We, we're cool enough. We don't need a pool to cool us off here in Philly. But the Diamondbacks um, did make some history of their own. They did become the first team in Major League Baseball history to hit four home runs in one inning in a postseason game. Um, that is... Something not you can't you can't sneeze at. They all they had four homers in the third inning. Geraldo Perdomo, Kettle Marte, Christian Walker, Gabriel Moreno all went yard. The Diamondbacks went on to knock off the Dodgers in that one. And honestly, in that sweep against the Dodgers, oof, the Dodgers, yikes. Now that was a lot of postseason firsts for the Diamondbacks. They are undefeated for the first time. Um, after sweeping the after sweeping the Dodgers, so they have not lost this postseason. They did have that sweep over the Brewers, and then again against the Dodgers. And then also they've got a 2.20 team postseason ERA. Their bullpen is at a 1.77. 29 runs that they've scored in five games, so on average 5.8 runs per game. And they love the steal. There's some Steelers. It's some thievery going on with those Diamondbacks. Second in Major League Baseball uh, with 166 stolen bases. Some thieves for sure. Tyler? Yeah. How you feeling as we're getting ready to – we're done with the Braves. We're bookending yeah. that. Put that book on the shelf. It's over. Looking ahead now into Arizona. Our friends at PHNX that we'll be going up against. Uh, also a first for the network that we have 
at all city a phly phnx postseason matchup we've seen it in the regular season we haven't seen any all city matchups across cities in the playoffs and here we are getting ready to take on the diamondbacks tyler yeah it's a good team um and, and it wasn't a good team at points this season and it was a really good team at points this season uh it, it's kind of odd renee I, maybe maybe odd's not the right word but it's kind of comforting a little bit i feel like i know exactly what series the phillies are about to get into because i feel like the phillies and the diamondbacks are weirdly similar different different mm-hmm. different personnel obviously but the the diamondbacks their their mode of success is so consistent all year. We talked to you, you talked about the stolen bags, right? Corbin Carroll is a threat. Corbin Carroll is a problem for yeah. baseball. The kid is just going to get better. This is like 80% Corbin Carroll, and he's this good. You look at the top of their lineup. They got a lot of really good hitters. Lords Goriel worries me. Um, Ketel Marte is a professional hitter who just continues to be a professional ball player. Um, he doesn't do any a ton of stuff flashy, right? He's the, you know gets on base. He's a singles doubles guy. Hits close to three hundred. Um, this team is very similarly built to the Phillies, other than they're not as power driven. They are top heavy, unlike mm-hmm. the Phillies who go a little bit deeper. They are a little bit more top heavy. But you've got guys towards the bottom of the lineup that have produced um, that that maybe didn't produce in the regular season like Perdomo, like you talked about. Evan Longoria is having a resurgent season at 38 years old. Um, they get productivity in, productivity in ways this postseason that we didn't maybe see throughout the course of the regular season. And then you talk about that bullpen. It's been really, really, really good. Paul Seawald's been awesome as their closer since moving into the, the role full-time. They have a bunch of guys who all they do is get outs. You know, they, they don't mess around with you. It's going to be lefty-righty heavy. Uh, you know, matchup heavy, just like the Phillies go. They don't have as many lefties in their bullpen as the Phillies do, but it's going to be a similarly managed series. Um, they are Phillies light. And I don't want to say that light, and I don't mean light to say that they're like significantly worse than the Phillies. This is a hot baseball team who is clicking on all cylinders right now. Local kid, Christian Walker, local kid, Zach Gallen, you know, is probably going to start game one. Merrill Kelly starts game two. There's a drop-off after that, but Fat's been good, um, you know, in his two starts for the, the Diamondbacks in the postseason. This is a team that is – you're getting them at the wrong time if you don't want to feel comfortable. With all that being said, I think the Phillies are still better than the Diamondbacks in every phase of the game of baseball, mm-hmm. but it's closer now than I think it ever was throughout the course of the season. Yeah, I know you guys are saying the same thing that Tyler's saying. This is a scary team, for sure. Um, they are they are dangerous. It's time for them to start picking up some postseason losses, though, for sure. Enough of this winless, uh, um, excuse me, undefeated streak that they're on in the postseason. It's time for them to pick up some L's. Um, John, to your question, Jamie is not at his, at his eye appointment finally. I know he's been talking about it for a while. That's coming up soon, though, and I believe in November. He's actually at a family wedding that he couldn't miss. But, yeah, as you're talking about, Tyler, this is a scary opponent. This definitely has the ability. I know Jose's saying to be, uh, well, you said 4-3 in the regular season. It has the ability to be a 4-3 kind of a series, too. Oh, I think this is going to yeah, be a long this, series. This absolutely can go the distance, and it definitely feels like this is going to be – I know we keep talking about the, the, the champs coming out of the, the NL, but – it is. It honestly is. John, you're saying the Phillies can go eight deep. 
Marsh is an eight-hole hitter. It's pretty unheard of. And league only hole is Rojas. And he makes up for it with his glove. Absolutely. So in terms of a matchup, I do think that the Diamondbacks match up a little bit better with the Phillies, which makes this series more nerve-wracking. And they also have this underdog mentality because the Diamondbacks haven't been in the in the playoffs in some years. Now, their postseason history in general hasn't been the greatest. And so for this team coming in, they're a team that's just – they're not just happy to be here. They're happy to, they're, and ready to knock some teams off. They're taking teams by surprise. We all know how dangerous it is when you're facing an underdog opponent that has got nothing to lose, no pressure. They've already exceeded expectations defeating the Dodgers. The Dodgers have reached the World Series three times, three times since the Diamondbacks were last in the playoffs in 2017. So it was 2017 the Diamondbacks were in the playoffs. And since then – the Dodgers were at in the World Series three times. And, of course, we know in 2017, the Dodgers did sweep the Diamondbacks and the NLDS to end their season then. So this team was coming into this series with literally nothing to lose. And they didn't lose at that. And then on top of that, uh, it is the first time they've claimed multiple playoff series in a year since they won the World Series back in 2001. Yes, when we were all talking about AI step over, Shortly before the AI step over happened in, 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 you know, or actually, I guess it'd be after um, around that same time, I should say, of the AI step over of Ty Lue in the NBA finals for the Sixers against the Lakers when they lost that in a gentleman's sweep was also the same time that the Diamondbacks were last in <laughs> able to be able to have multiple playoff series victories. And that's when they won the World Series in 2001. So there's definitely some scary Scary similarities in this team, even looking back to 2001. But overall, this is a team that is going into this carefree. And the Phillies have more pressure on them. Last series, let's be honest, the pressure is on the Braves. We expected the Phillies to win that series. But you can't say the same for people You expected the Phillies to win that series. I expected the Phillies. Even some Philly folks, some in this very building. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I did. Tyler Zuli being one of them. But the pressure is on the Braves at the end of the day. Whereas in the NLCS, the pressure's on the Phillies. And we all know that. But we also know that the Phillies are a team that with pressure on them, doesn't matter because they're not complacent. They're definitely not settling for the fact that they're, they're back and making a deep run in the playoffs. This is a team that has, it's a World Series or bust mentality. And they're ready to do that this season. One of the things with this Diamondbacks team that I think is, is an obvious, right? Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling aren't walking through that door. Zach Allen's been really, really, really good this season. Very, very good this season. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. Merrill Kelly's been really good as well. Uh, but you don't have two Hall of Famers to back you up. It took two Hall of Famers giving Herculean efforts in that 2001 series to beat yep. the Yankees, who at that point were in the midst of, you know, dynastic runs, right? But I look at the lineup and it, it, it kind of, there's some comparison to that 2001 team where it's a bunch of guys who come together and they're all good ball players who have stepped up at the right time to become a great team. You know, you look back at that team and Craig Council was solid. Matt Williams was solid. Jay Bell was solid. And they were led off, off offensively by Luis Gonzalez. And this Diamondbacks team is kind of in a similar, similar spot where you know, Ketel Marte is solid and Christian Walker is solid. Lords Goriel is solid. And they're led by, of all people, uh, the young kid, Corbin mm -hmm. Carroll, who, you know, he's not the not the power hitter yet that Luis Gonzalez was when he hit 50 home, 50 plus home runs that year. But it's it's kind of a comparable team other than, you know, not having 
two future, you know, Hall of Fame type pitchers at, at the front end of your rotation who were willing to pitch, I believe it combined like seven times in a, in a seven game <laughs> series in 2001. It just doesn't work that way anymore. Yeah. But it, it's, it, this is not a walkover team. And, it, it, and the funny thing is, Renee, it's not even the walkover. It, it's not even the team that we thought they were with like six games left in the regular season. They're a better team now than they were three weeks ago. <sighs> yeah, honestly, um, that's what makes it a very similar matchup too, because it feels like the Phillies, we can say the same about the Phillies that we're seeing a much better team now than we were three weeks ago. So the Phillies and the Diamondbacks are both trending in the right direction. John Lemmerman, as you're sharing, pressure does make diamonds, baby. Could not agree more. Some people crack under pressure. Some people become diamonds. And I'm hoping the Phillies, and I'm knowing the Phillies will become a diamond. Also, another point is that, uh, or I'm sorry, it was, yeah, John Lemmerman and John Dickerson. Wow, back-to-back Johns. Um, definitely not as much pressure because they are both wild card teams. You know, it is a self-imposed pressure because we just hold ourselves to a higher standard, Tyler, here in Philly. Like, we're not looking at ourselves as just a wild card team that, um, you know, quote on maybe didn't get in by winning outright. No, this team we knew sh- was absolutely postseason bound. So it's definitely a loaded team. Um, John Lemmerman, you're also saying Phillies are a wild card team in name only yeah, because they played in the NL East gauntlet without a doubt. I mean, the best teams in major league baseball were, were in the NL East and only one of them could win the division. So yeah, this is definitely a juggernaut roster, not nearly what you would, when you think about a wild card team, it's not the Phillies. So go Phil spiral out. And uh, let's talk about DraftKings because as we're getting deeper into baseball, and postseason, and now into the NLCS and the ALCS, you can get in on the game day greatness with DraftKings. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code PHLY. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five down. Now, that's code PHLY only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the MLB and of the NFL. The crown is yours. So head on over as we're getting further into the postseason and make sure that you are Getting your bets in as things are heating up at the ballpark. Should I should I try to beat Jamie's time? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll get you your. Uh, I'm actually your, pretty good at this. I'll get you I your it, countdown counter. And just, right, I do it on the Union Show, and I'm not gonna lie, <clears throat> pretty good at this. Jamie always acts like he's got to lead the DraftKings read, but let me tell you about DraftKings. See, the problem with the counter is <laughs> when I have both of you in the shot. It, it sits in between oh, you. Oh, it's going to be on my head. So it's literally, I have to move it because it's on your face. You want me to move? No, no, you don't have to go anywhere. I just have to do a little uh, behind okay, the Okay, I can do it on my phone too. And, uh, and we're good to go. All right. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for gambling problems. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, a licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, you got to be 21 plus. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. And you can see dkng.co slash baseball for eligibility terms and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions restrictions apply dang it uh 31 i had it you too. Had i it. stumbled you had it i was rolling oh, it's all right i got what, another show later for the union and i'll top that number what, what's that commercial with with the guy oh i caught, gotta you, be, I caught you a dollar you gotta, gotta be, be quicker, quicker than, than that, that. <laughs> i literally had it until DK, dkng what it oh stinking dkng all right well whoo nlcs game one monday uh the alcs game one sunday Lots to look forward to and uh, definitely a lot of exciting things to come. For you guys, as you are watching, make sure you're also giving us a follow because the last two playoff series, we've given out some Phillies tickets and uh, haven't 
have had a chance to allow fans to go to the ballpark for free. Tickets were not cheap last series at all. And so uh, we were fortunate that we were able to give out tickets to Christy and her daughter, Ella, who enjoyed it. Before that, it was Nat and Brendan who were able to go. So we had, and it, you know, fiancés that were going, then a mother and daughter going, and who knows who could be going next. So not uh, Renee saying, and Tyler. Oh, my gosh. It congratulations. Could, it could be Renee and Tyler <laughs> going. Colleagues are going. Listen, we don't know what we're going to be giving away because we also gave away some stuff with Wheelhouse Cards. You guys had a chance to win. Shout out to Raphael and Mickey who won those prizes. We've got prizes. We've got watch parties. We've got tailgates. We've got so much. And not just for the Phillies. It's just that the Phillies right now are obviously the hottest team that we're all paying attention to in the city because they're in the playoffs. But as other teams are getting going, we've got Eagles with things coming up, Sixers, Flyers, Union, you name it. There is much more to come. And uh, yeah, without a doubt, make sure you're following because we want you to check out all of the exciting things we've got going on, whether it's merch dropping with our T-shirt that we showed you or Attaboy Harper shirt or the events and things that we're doing. There's more to come here for PHLY. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. I see some things in chat I want to just wrap up with. Jose, experience and players holding each other accountable for their play absolutely goes a long way. It's time to put a ring on it because we like it and we want to put a ring on it. Let's go Phillies. Oh, that's pretty good, actually. Um, Will, you're saying so close. I know. I'll do better. There's a Philadelphia Union show starting up in about an hour, actually. Tune in. I'll be better with my ad reads there, guys. Don't you worry. And John, you're saying that we need to bring in the Micro Machines guy as a ringer to set the standard um, and a complete boomer reference. Yeah. I... Sorry, Jamie's off today. Jamie's off today. So that's you. You lost Tyler and I are a little too young for that reference, unfortunately. I'm sorry, John Lemmerman. But I like where your head was at, and I'm going to look it up, and I'm sure it was a great reference for sure. But, um, yes, thank you, guys. A gift certificate for a 30-minute Weenus massage. It's hilarious how many of you guys Here we go. took the weenus and ran with it. I was getting tagged in so many weenus comments. I was getting tagged in so many weenus captions on things. You know, you guys, yeah, you guys really like to take something and run with it. And um, the weenus is, is, is hot. If you missed it, it's not too late to find out the inside joke because we talked about Bryce Harper getting hit in his weenus in our postgame show. So if you missed that, go back and check it out because we gave a lot of really good information about weenuses that you need to know, and it will change your life forever. You're welcome. So thank you guys so much for joining us for this show. Go Birds this weekend. Go Phils. Have an awesome, awesome weekend. We'll see you back on Monday for more PHIY Phillies podcast, bringing you more live content and stories because we've got the pregame show, we've got the postgame show, and also next week we've got some really great guests coming on the show. So as much as you love Tyler, myself, and Jamie, we're bringing in some former Phillies. We're bringing in some other big-name broadcasters and others that are covering the Phillies. So uh, if you don't love us already, which you should, you'll love us even more next week when you see the people that we're bringing on board to join us live for the show. So have a great rest of your Friday. Happy October the, Friday the 13th. And we'll see you for more here on PHOI Phillies Podcast on Monday. See ya. Go Phils. Y'all silly like the mayor. 